thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And we are here today without the beautiful Karen. She's leading a retreat up in the uh, beautiful Mullaney region here on the Sunshine Coast. So I have our beautiful Cindy who came back just from overseas. And as many of you listeners will know, the three of us getting together is not always easy it's um and especially face to face so she's actually sitting in my office and we're so excited because it's the first time we've really caught up properly um probably since the beginning of the year we don't get a lot of time together so it is a privilege to share this space and time with you our listeners um and Cindy's been away and she has been at a at a convention and a whole thing which I want her to explain shortly but I think it's really fascinating that her trailblazing abilities and unbelievable, insatiable appetite for getting the truth, um, I think benefits us here in Australia. So beautiful, Cindy, tell us where you went, what you did, and all the great things that you found. Give it to us. Well, first of all, I'd like to actually say that I wish you were with me because it was called the Natural Product Expo 2018, and it's in Anaheim right near Disneyland. And so it's product. So it's not just food, but it's it's your um, you know your genre as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what was I don't even know where to start because we went to it four or five years ago, Howie and I, and we really enjoyed it. And I got so many great ideas, and there was some wonderful one ingredient producers there, and farmers from Peru and Colombia and Sri Lanka, and so I loved it. But this time around, I was so excited to go, and yet I struggled to find many things that I really liked. Wow, that's Mm. fascinating, because here we are thinking that the world's getting better and more educated and more aligned with getting back to what real food is. What was your biggest disappointment then? Oh, wow, there were many disappointments. And at first I was thinking, don't be so judgmental, Cindy, don't be so critical, you know, it's, it's not what you think. So let, let's just start the first day. So I went to the climate change talks. So they go all day and it's not, the expo's not on at this point. It's just the, the talks. And I thought I'd really like, rather than the business side or anything like that, I thought I'll go to the climate change talks. So they had food companies and they had environmentalists and farmers. And, and while I loved all of it, there was one speaker in particular that did the slickest talk I've ever seen in my life. And I call it slick because, uh, let me explain. So it was, um, she was, I think, the marketing director of a huge food company in America. And they would probably be the third biggest food producers in the world. And I don't mean um, agricultural-wise. They buy from the agriculture uh, or from the farmers. I mean, as far as what they make. So their name is General Mills and they, they do like um, Cheerio breakfast cereals and Chuck's breakfast cereals and they do Yoplait. So um, look, they have such a large spread of products and anybody can look them up. And recently they bought Annie's. Now Annie's was, um, I think, organic. 
natural um, beans you could buy in tins and, and that's what Annie's did. So she was probably a mum who started in her kitchen, started a business and then got bought out by General Mills. They bought out um, Epic. They bought out Epic. Um, so Epic were, um, I met the people who started Epic four years ago, five years ago at the expo. So they bought Epic out and Epic are meat bars um, and they're organic or grass-fed and the ingredients are brilliant. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, you loved I loved them. And I asked Epic if, that we could bring them to Australia. But, and I did that probably in 2016, not realising they were in, in the middle of a sales thing with Gen, you know, General Mills. So they bought Epic and they bought another um, product that I didn't know very much about, but it was something farms. And it's probably a very small percentage of what General Mills does. And the buzzwords were sustainable, ethical, um, organic, certified organic, natural, uh, and, you know, all of this buzzword stuff. And I'm listening to her speak and I'm thinking, yeah, well, that's all very well and good, but that's probably 3% of General Mills. Um, you, can't not, you cannot tell me that General Mills has changed. They're still buying stuff from farmers at very small prices that it's been subsidised. They're still making foods that are crap, that are hurting the health of the, the American people and if, they, you know, if they're being exported, whoever they're being exported to. So I just had a little bit of a cringe and... And I'm just looking around the room going, does anyone else feel what I'm feeling? But because I was there by myself, I didn't know. How I didn't come to the climate talks, he went to the business talks. <laughs> um, so I'm there by myself and I am looking around and there was a guy next to me and I went, so did you find that a little bit cringeworthy? <laughs> I was direct, you know, that's what I said to him. Um, and I don't think he knew what I was talking about. So I just went, oh, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. <laughs> so that's where it started. And then... The next day was the beginning of the expo. So the north side of the expo was open. This is acres. I was going to ask you, how are you talking? We are talking, okay, so um, I went into the Hilton Hotel and I, um, because that's all part of it, and I said to the guy that was opening and closing the doors at the Hilton, I says, is it always this crazy and this busy at the convention centre? And he goes, no, this is the busiest Although he said, no, it's actually the second busiest. The other one is a, is a music festival. Mm. So this is the natural product fair. It's the biggest fair. They take up all the halls. Um, there is meetings going on between buyers and sellers and, you know, you wooed by a buyer that, or a seller that wants you to buy stuff from them so they create this big dinner or a breakfast or whatever it is. So anyway, we, we went into the North Hall and we separated Howard and I. We, I'd do three lines, he'd do three lines, and then we'd meet. If we found anybody, we'd call each other and say, hey, come to booth, you know, N5672, you know, come to that. This is how big it is. So we're going, we're, we're doing through it, and I guess we do the top of the first hall. And I said to Howie, I said, what did you find? Did you find anything? And he goes, no, I didn't. And I said, did you, did you start reading the ingredients of all of the foods? And he goes, yeah, I have been reading it. And, and what I actually wrote an article, um, which we haven't put out yet, um, but I will put it out. And I called it Welcome to the Era, era, era yeah, the era of non GMO, natural, certified organic, fair trade, um, sustainable, ultra-processed junk food. 
What? Yeah. That's what I saw. And everybody had bowed. My favorite tea company, Yogi Tea, which whenever I go to America, I buy their tea. I used to import it for myself. I used to buy heaps of it. Um, I started reading their packaging and they've got natural flavors in it. And I actually challenged them on it. I said, hey, guys, why have you put natural flavoring in your tea? And she was quite blatant and she said, because we can't keep up with all the flavors that people want. And so we have to put it in. And I went, do you have any of your teas without natural flavoring? And I think she brought one out to me and gave me a sample with the ones without natural flavoring. Well, I think I think they don't even know what natural flavoring means. So we used to always just call it flavoring. Now it's been separated into artificial flavoring and natural flavoring. So artificial flavoring means that they start with a chemical and they do all this addition with other chemicals there's only one chemical that will give you the taste, usually one chemical that gives you that taste, and um, it's usually an aroma. Um, so it's more about smell as you're tasting with your taste buds than the taste buds. And then they put other things in for feel. You know, so it's, it's, it's a, it, they're an amazing industry. You have to you well, know, take a hat off to them. Well, it's a bit like the perfume industry. Yes, how exactly. They, they are incredible people how, and they're scientists, how they do it. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Oh, look, I, and then what does natural flavouring mean? So natural flavouring means that if it's banana flavouring, they started with the banana, but they do all the same processes and they end up with the same product. That's it. That's the only difference. So... You know, you can start with a banana, but what's the point? Because you still got the same products. Natural and artificial are exactly the same, but that's how they decipher between the two. So everybody's caught up in this natural flavoring. I, I, I'm blown away. So I went to um, um, what's it called, ancient um, something or another. So it's somebody I follow, and you follow him too, and I don't know whether to say his name or anything, but he's an American, he's become really big, and, yep, Kimmy just wrote it down. <laughs> and and I looked at all his products and he had, in one of his products, he had two natural flavorings in it. He had rosemary extract. So what's rosemary extract? Ro- rosemary extract is just a, a made-up name for an artificial antioxidant, a synthetic antioxidant. That's all it is. So they don't even extract anything from the rosemary? Extract. They probably start with rosemary. Right. But by the time it's extracted... If, and that's every time you see the word extract? That I'm not sure, but I know yeast extract is, mm. and I know rosemary extract, but I'm seeing extracts I thought yeast extract was MSG. It is. It is. They're renaming. Yes, that's what, what I've noticed. Yeah. And you can see it in the cosmetic industry. Yeah. industry. Rosemary extract's huge. Yeah. I see it everywhere. And I know I see it on products, and I think, do they really know what that rosemary extract is? It's, it's not rosemary. We see natural fragrance now. Which is probably the same as natural flavour. It's still a fragrance. May have started out with the same thing, but yeah, I see it all the time. That's why I wanted you there because you would have had a ball in mm. the products because it was every like there were a lot of essential oils mm. um, and organic is is the is the buzzword. There were a lot of essential oils. There were a lot of moisturisers and makeups and and a lot of clean skin things. Yeah, you can go on and add your. You can create your own products yep. by labelling these, okay. Because yeah. I met a man in, from America who had told me he'd been to this. This expo must have been going for quite a number of years. Oh, yes. Um, I met this man, and I'll tell you what he said to me. He was a $600 an hour consult, and um, I decided I didn't have $600 because I was still doing all my research to create 28. 
And I, um, so I wooed him at the bar and um, and just said, oh, who are you? Oh, I didn't, I acted like I wasn't even at the concert. <laughs> he was so good at wooing. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, oh, and I think he was impressed that I wasn't worried about the conference and then started asking him what he did. And then I just said to him, oh, you know, I've got friends that are in the, and so I came from that angle. So I had him for an hour and a half, didn't have to pay a cent, didn't even have to buy him a drink. And um, anyway, he said to me, he said, um, why, what would your purpose be? And I said, well, I truly believe in creating a skincare range that's chemical free, um, free of all the preservatives, fragrance, everything and anything that maybe has a two year shelf life based on the qualities of essential oils and blah, blah, blah. And I said, and I don't see why it's not possible. And he goes, well, no, it's not, not in my eyes. And he goes, look, Kim, at some point you have to make a decision. Are you ready for it? You either want to make a lot of money or save the world. You can't do both. Oh, my God. That was his advice. You can make a lot of money or save the world. You can't do both. And I went, I think I'll go for save the world. And he goes, oh, you're missing out on a massive opportunity. And this, I'm talking, this was 15 years ago. So oh. I, I just... I think that's in the food industry as well. Yeah? Yeah. I think we, like, we run parallel. Mm. And I think we're seeing exactly the same things. Mm. And it's it's so disappointing, and and like and like I wrote in my article, I'm not perfect. I, I haven't got it all together yet. I'm still learning. But as I learn, as I learn, I do better. Mm-hmm. And because if I'm doing something wrong, tell me, and I'll change it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to do the right thing. Um, because like you don't know sometimes like I didn't know about and maybe these people making these products don't know Cindy do you think that's I don't think they know these were all a lot of small time operators I would say there were some big companies there as well but a lot of them you know they just had a small stall and I believe there were people that had thought of a great idea so I went to the um trade Queensland um it was we had a Thursday night dinner and it was all about trade Queensland so we were invited to that and then there were Queensland companies that were in America exporting their product from Australia, um, talking about what they did. And um, I went and met these two very excited women. They were just beautiful. And they said, oh, we've made a vegan cheese. I went, oh, how exciting. <laughs> What's, you know, can I, can I have a look at your product? So I'm st- sitting around a table and, or standing around a table and I'm looking at their product and I flipped it over as I always do and I looked at the ingredients and there wasn't one real ingredient in it uh, not one not one and I went well that's very exciting and thank goodness the maitre d started you know he started and well, not the maitre d the MC, MC sorry yeah, the maitre d the MC started and I said oh I'm just going to go over to my husband so then I didn't feel like I had to bite my tongue <laughs> I was going to say I was going to ask you what did you when what do you say well, they were so excited. I, I, I couldn't bite my tongue. I, I, I mean, I could bite my tongue because it's not, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I've, I've learned too, though, Cindy, and maybe this is a great thing for our listeners because I think they'd feel the same pain, mm. is that when someone tells you something or shows you a product or wants you into some sort of, you know, become a customer of theirs or become, if they're a consultant for a new company or they're, they've just got excited by it and then they share it with you and you look at the ingredients, it's really hard to not, dampen someone's spirit and all that and, and my thing on this and I want, I want to ask you just to digress a little bit before we come back to the um, natural product expo but I just want to ask you do you think it's okay like like everybody's on their own journey everybody's 
we're all learning. And you just said it yourself. If I, I'm learning myself. Mm. So a lot of people are learning. So maybe some of these products are better than what's in the supermarket. Maybe not. Um, what do you do? If you couldn't have bitten your... If, mate, if the MC hadn't said, let's start, what would you have said? I probably would have changed the conversation. Just away from the food because I couldn't say, oh, that's great. <laughs> well, for a start, they don't know who you are. No, they have not. So they wouldn't have known what you were about. What if they asked you, though? Because here's my thing. If someone doesn't ask you, then maybe don't offer it. But if they ask you, then just say, well, look, from what I've learned. Mm. But what would you have said? Well, it's interesting because I did have that opportunity yesterday to do this. So um, somebody emailed me and I've seen it as an influencer. Did you know that? Did I know that? I've seen it as an influencer. I with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I had this company um, email me and said, we'd love to send you our product. We're very excited about it. It's a new cleanser. And um, I thought, okay. House cleanser or skin cleanser? No, skin cleanser. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, skin cleanser. And we're very excited about it. And I said, oh, thank you very much. Can you send me the ingredients? Because it's no point in you sending me anything unless I really agree with it and, and I can support it. So they sent me the ingredients and it had grapeseed oil, sodium benzoate, um, lemon lean, you know, that um, everybody thinks it's real but it's not. Um, Dead lemon lean, yeah, so an extract again. Exactly. They had all, but they make it out that it's not. No, and anyway, I, I went back very politely and said, look, thank you very much but I won't be able to support your product. I don't agree with grapeseed oil and I definitely don't agree with sodium benzoate as a preservative. Um, but thank you anyway. But they were gorgeous. They came back and they said, well, have a look at any of our products and if you agree with any of them, you know. But I look at it and I go, well, if you can't be legit on all your products, why would I, why do I want to say, well, that product's good but that one's not, so don't do that one. I want to I support a company. I don't want to support a product. I want to support, like, I will support you to the end of the earth, Kimmy, because I believe in your product. I trust you. I know what you do. You know? Well, it's thanks to you, though. Like, our manufacturers have soy lecithin, non-GMO soy lecithin, which I'm not sure if that's even possible, um, in our toner and in our um, healing skin boost and in our mask. And I've been questioning it for the last probably three years. So that's an emulsifier. Yes. Yeah. So that makes sure the oil and the water yes. won't. Yeah. We've now removed it yeah. from all our products mm-hmm. because they cannot, their supplier cannot guarantee that it's non-GMO, that the way it's been done. And so we've all agreed to take it out of our products because mm-hmm. of, of that. And I think the hardest thing being in our position is that if you don't do the research and you don't learn from it and you don't understand what all these things are doing, then how can you stand there and say what others should or shouldn't be doing? So so tell me this thing. From from standing there at the expo, let, if, if I was to say to you 100% of people there advertising and, and marketing their products as natural, ethical, sustainable, organic, all of those words, how many were literally truthfully there in a percentage, do you think? Oh, 100%. Um, I would say what I saw, 5 to 10%. <gasps> I, I would, yeah. Because even your single ingredients had some dubious um, things that they were marketing. So, um, oh, yeah, I, I don't. This is like a place that everyone around the world travels to. Everybody travels to this. And what was interesting is that somebody that I really admire, I I really love him, I 
I read his articles. I I think a lot of them, and it's not the first one I mentioned, it's another one. Um, and I'm not going to out him because I love him so much and I, and I think his information is spot on. And when he writes, he writes with uh, a brilliance. So I went to his stand. I met him. It's so amazing. I, I saw everybody there. No, of course not. You know me, Kim. I forget. <laughs> and I love him so much. Anyway, and, I, and Howard hadn't met him. And, you know, he's about the same age as Howie. And, he, and they both look amazing, both of them in their 60s. So um, he, I said, oh, how come you're here? And he says, oh, I've got a stand. And I said, are your restaurants doing well? And he said, no, I've closed them all down. And I went, oh, no. And he said, yeah, I thought I was at the right time, but I'm not, you know, I'm probably ahead of my time, which I believe he is. So I get really excited. I'm, I mark down his stand on my hand and I go to his stand and, and I read his ingredients. No way. And I see rosemary extract, I see natural flavours, I see, and I just, Did I, 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 no, I didn't, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything. He's on Thrive Market and Thrive Market is a, um, it's a membership um, selling thing in America um, and they're doing very well. They've, they've gone from, you know, in the backyard doing something to a multi-million dollar business. I think they did $16 million in sales. Maybe it's more, but because uh, I met um, one of the uh, buyers from uh, from Thrive Market and they're doing really well. Actually, I think it's $160 million. I think I'm down to zero. Anyway, um, so he's on Thrive Market and he's doing really well on that, but... It's shortcuts. Mm. That's what it is. They, and, but I don't think he, I can't imagine why he would do that because he's, I don't think he knows. But if you uh, think about it from a plant's perspective, like a lot of these, uh, plants are in our food and plants are in our beauty products. Mm. There is only so much land to grow these plants on. Mm. There is only so many farmers and products out there. This is my question. 70% of the essential oil industry is adulterated. We sell more rose oil on the market than is actually ever harvested. So my question is always, always, how do we as a consumer, even our liquid gas chromatographs and mass spectrometry charts can be adulterated? Did you hear that? What? What you just said. Our, our, oh, our gas spectrometry chart. <laughs> All of our things. But everything can be. Amazing. I don't even know what gas spectrometry. But it's, it's, a, it's an amazing way of reading what the oils are and what's in them. So that we can see that delimining that you're talking about would be one of the constituents that would show on the thing. So why not use lemon oil or why not use orange oil, which has high amounts of delimining in it, which is a really, it's it's an engine degreaser. It's so powerfully strong at cleansing, it actually can do that. So I go, why, why do you think we're having to extract everything? Is it because it's not available, do you think? Or is it because it's quick and easy? It lasts longer. Like, why are we taking these shortcuts? It could it be potency. I, I do know that there's a, like on the market at the moment, there's a product called Slasher, and this is for organic farmers, and it's pine oil. But the inventor, Von Johnson, who I've met and, and you know, he said, this is the component in the pine oil that actually will kill the weed. It's not like Roundup or glyphosate or anything like that. It's just that this is the component that kills the weeds. So instead of wasting all that beautiful pine oil, we can use that for other things. Then we extract it and it becomes more potent. And you don't but then use it. So you're extracting that out of the pine oil. What happens to the rest of the pine oil? Oh, that's, I didn't ask that And question. is that then sold on the market as a commercially grade 
pine oil yeah. or something. I, like, I just go, why are we pulling it apart? Yeah. But then I worry, you know, I, I always have that question. The plant kingdom would survive very happily without us, mm. very happily the plant kingdom would survive. We would not survive very long without the plant kingdom. Yet we rape and pillage, we poison, we cut, we slash, we we don't show it the reverence and the homage it deserves. Mm. So I don't know, I just I feel a bit worried then. If you're saying five to ten percent of these people at the big worldwide natural expo, what hope is there for us as mums and women and men trying to raise a family? Like I don't get it. I, uh, you know, it's about looking at that company and looking at, am I prepared to support that company so that it can grow in order for it to do better things? So one company was Jennifer Garner's, um, just can't remember the name of it now, something about the farm, home on the farm or something like that. And it was a baby food company. And I looked at the ingredients and there wasn't, it was just, I didn't see any preservatives. I saw nothing that was bad. So they're there. It's a, and that's why I wrote that article, Welcome to the Era of the... Mm. And everybody's got the buzzwords, but it's still ultra-processed and it's still, to me, not real food. They're just getting slicker at, at doing it. So I think there's hope. You just have to Look. vote with your pocket, you yes. know, with the money that you want to spend. You vote with that and you go, am I prepared to support this company? Okay, so you've told me your biggest disappointment. Mm. At the I've got a few more that I really want to talk about, actually. Yeah. Oh, good, because I was going to ask yeah. if there was any positives. <laughs> there were some wonderful <laughs> positives. Good. But I think it's important um, that I do two more mm-hmm. because I, they were really disturbing to me. Yeah. So um, one of the places that I went to, there was lots of flavour places, you know, so a lot of people selling flavour. So there were specialties in caramel or specialties in vanilla or whatever. So I went up to one of them and I just said, can you tell me, um, you know, how is that a caramel flavour? What, what, what's it made of? And she just looked at me and she says, oh, it's a proprietary, um, you know, recipe. recipe. So they won't tell you at all. It's a proprietary recipe. And then I, I went to the colours. So from the flavours, I thought, now I'll go to the colours. And they're all natural colours. And so I met this really lovely couple and I pretended I was and I was interested, I really was, and they were not owners of the company, but they were very knowledgeable. So I said to the girl, I started talking with her, and I said to her, um, okay, so how do you get a blue colour? And she, she said to me, I can't remember what it was now, but it made sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's blue. Um, must have been blueberries, I think, something like that. And then, well, how do you get the green and how do you get the yellow and how do you get the orange? And So it was the colours of the rainbow. And I said, well, how do you get those colours? And they all came from natural things. I said, great. So are there any excipients? Oh, she said, oh, yes. And I said, so what's the preservative? And she said, oh, sodium benzoate. And I said, well, what about, um, you know, to make them stable? What are you, what are you having? Oh, polysorbate 80. And then because I was in shock at that point and I kept asking her more questions, I'd forgotten the other two ingredients that were in it. And I, and I, I said, oh, propylene glycol. I think propylene glycol is in green. I think it was in, I've seen it in natural green um, colour. So, yes, they're extracting it from, colour, you know, natural colours. But saying, so, I wonder how they make it last then or is that vacuum sealing that you make it last? How do you make a colour last then? It's all the excipients that make it do that. 
That, that's it's the fixing of it. Mm. So that was the color. And then the, another buzzword is keto at the moment. Yeah. So um, I saw a lot of products that were said to about keto, and and some of them were great. They were MCT oil. They might have been caprylic um, oil. So let me tell you what they are. MCT is made from coconut or palm oil, um, but I would suggest people buy it from coconut oil. And it's just through distillation they take off some of the properties and and leave three of the medium chain um, triglycerides. And then caprylic is one of those, and that's the one that really gives you the liver a boost to make ketones. So ketones being... Um, a different source of energy that the body will use when glucose isn't available to you. So, in you, other words, burn fat. Burn fat. Mm-hmm. It, so, the best place for you to find that fat to produce ketones in the liver to fuel the body with energy, brain and body with energy, are your fat cells. Mm. That's what they're there for. Mm. So, when you can't eat in your fasting, some of us have quite a few. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when you can't eat in your fasting, you're, or you've skipped a meal, your body, if it's used to doing it, will take the fat out of your cells and use it as, a, as an energy source. It's better than glycogen because glycogen will run out very quickly. Whereas, you know, if you've got 30 kilos on you, you've got a lot of energy sitting there that you, will help you survive once you get into a, um, a state of ketosis. So anyway, it's the buzzword, ketones. So there was MCTs, there was caprylic, and and coconut oil will also do that, and so will butter. Anyway, I got to this company, and I looked at all of their ingredients, and um, there was a book um, associated with it, and the guy's name was Dr. Let's call him Grundy. It maybe wasn't, but it was. Um, You know, that made sense, didn't it? It was something like that. (laughs) So anyway, I flipped over the ingredients, and I noticed that it had um, BHB, which is beta-hydroxybutyrate which is a ketone that the body makes. Now, only humans go into ketosis and make BHB. So that's one of the, the ketones. We have another, uh, we have another ketone, um, which I've forgotten the name of right now, and plus they, they say acetone might be one of the ketones, but for some reason they, they shut that aside. Anyway, we make this thing called BHB. Our body makes it. We're the only mammals or animals on the planet that do this. The only other time that a, a something or an animal will go into ketosis is a cow during lactation, and it will be it's a disease. When they go into ketosis, they're always measuring for BHB in cow um, lactation because they know that if that cow has BHB in the milk, um, then they, they're not well. So that's the only other time that those ketones are being produced. No food has ketones in it. Um, except for that milk that has it. So I then said to the gentleman, who actually is the son of the man who wrote the book, I said, where are you getting BHB from? If it's if it's made by humans and nobody else and it's not available in any food, where are you getting BHB from? And he said, you're the third person who's asked me that. Yeah, so somebody else is asking the question. And he says, um, I'll, I'll have to let you know. I said, I'll, I'll email you and I'll, and if you could tell me the source, that would, would be great. And he said to me, oh, yeah, we get it. I can't remember the state he said. He said, we get it from a, a such and such state. Now, I'm asking the question, but I know the answer. <laughs> I know the answer. Burnside Laboratories are the only makers of BHB. They have a company, in Ch- they have a, a factory in China 
and there's one of the states of America, and I thought it was Minnesota or somewhere around there, um, that their company headquarters is. So I knew where it was coming from. And he couldn't tell me. So I emailed him when I got back, and I emailed him that day. The day I arrived home, I emailed him, and I haven't heard from him to tell me, but I'll email him again. Mm. So anyway, I wrote a an Instagram on it, and I put it on my on my Cindy O'Meara um, Facebook page as well. And while Instagram is always very encouraging, I love Instagram. Mm. It's it's encouraging. Right. Nobody really questions; they just kind of go, "Hey, that's really good. Thanks for that information." Blah blah blah. But no, not Facebook. <laughs> so I I put it on my Facebook page, and I have this guy that goes, "You're lying. You're absolutely lying." And I went oh, okay, so can you tell me where it's coming from? And so he tags two other people and that other, one other person comes in and, and just says, oh, it comes from grass and kosher. And I went back and I said, grass means generally regarded as safe and kosher means that you're, you're within the Jewish um, community's guidelines for con- consumption of food. So it hasn't come from grass or kosher. <laughs> and I, I ended up saying, please tell me where it's coming from. And he says, it comes from grass. <laughs> and this, th- these guys are selling this, sh- this stuff. I was just about to say. These guys are selling this stuff and they have no idea where it's coming from. And it comes from, and I think, we, have we talked about this on on the upper yeah, chat. Them too. Oh, yeah. So where it's coming from, it's coming from a genetically modified Escherichia coli. So they've noted that there is a bacteria that makes a, a, a polyhydroxybutyrate, not a beta-hydroxybutyrate, but a polyhydroxybutyrate. And they've figured out that this bacteria, and I can't remember the name of it, um, does it. But because... They don't know how this bacteria runs. They put the genes that makes the PHB mm-hmm. into the Escherichia coli so that then it will produce the PHB. So, um, and, and just correct, so just yeah. throw you, is, so is that then the product that they put in all these keto drinks and keto foods? And, exactly. Ah. So, but what they have to do is once they've um, harvested all the PHB, they have to hydrolyze it. Um, and then that breaks it up into pieces and then it becomes BHB. And that's what's, that's what's being harvested and put into all of these keto drinks and keto pills and keto. If you see BHB, I don't know any other patent that's out there. He tried to tell me that it comes from coconut oil. And I said, well, if you eat coconut oil, your body will make it. But I haven't seen a patent. And I might be wrong. I'm, mm. I might be wrong. And if I am wrong, Show me the patent. Mm. Show me how it's being done, and I will. I will say, "Hey, guys, it could come from this or this. You need to ask." Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen it yet. So, um, what was I going to say about the the B? Oh, the PHB. Okay, so it's produced. It's hydrolyzed to become BHB. But it's also the reason why we figured out and done all this information because the keto market's small. Mm-hmm. And this is a lot of technology to produce just for that market. But what it is is um, PHB, when another process is done to it, will make biodegradable plastic. 
Oh, my gosh. Mm. But we do know that. We know that water, if we add oxygen to, will become hydrogen peroxide. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And we know if we take the oxygen out, it becomes hydrogen. Mm. So we actually know when we do that. And they're, and they're very good at this. Mm, so one way that. we'll make biodegradable plastic and the other one we'll make ketones. So, God, it's insane. Yeah. So do I believe that these ketones are okay? I think in therapeutic, it's a drug. Yes. And But just so you know, it is genetically modified and we don't, you know, we don't know the ramifications. I don't think we know the ramifications. I know that back in the 90s, I think it was, tryptophan was being made by genetically modified mould, I think it was. Don't, don't, I might be incorrect. It might have been a fungi or something. But anyway. Tryptophan is used in what? Tryptophan is an amino acid that's really good for helping you sleep. Okay, and it's in milk, isn't it? Um, sort of, isn't it? Uh, well, it's an amino acid, so it's in lots of things. Mm. So, so that's why people just say have a warm drink. Have a warm, warm milk glass of milk. It's probably mm. high in tryptophan. But your body um, actually makes tryptophan. And the way it makes it is through its butts. So the bacteria um, brings in fructose from the food that you eat. So your microbiome brings in fructose from the food that you eat. goes through a series of steps. It enters the shikimate pathway, which we've talked about. Shikimate pathway makes folic acid. Now, enterobactam, which carries iron. Um, it makes, uh, what else does it make? Uh, oh, three amino acids, which is tryptophan, tyrosine, and phenylalanine. Tryptophan then goes on to make, um, you know, it's, it's part of the serotonin, noradrenaline, and um, uh, what is it? Uh, dopamine. Yeah. So our neurotransmitters. So we can make tryptophan. Um, but anyway, these bugs were making tryptophan, and they figured it out, mm-hmm. making tryptophan. But there was... A problem in the cleaning process of the tryptophan, and there was a toxin left in it, and a hundred people died as a result of this product. Now I know since that time things have gotten better. They've made sure it's clean. They test it. They do everything. But I'm I don't know. I'm still dubious, and I'm not going to be part of an experiment mm-hmm. um, that we're taking this. We don't have long term studies on this. We've only just realised that we can eat ketones so we don't eat ketones normally it's not in food and people keep saying it's in eggs well i've gone through the scientific literature and i can't find it in eggs and if it is i'd say well eat eggs why mm. why buy mm. keto just eat eggs mm. <laughs> i must admit i just had a bit of a debate on my facebook page around Ooh. essential oils so i have seen so many people consuming essential oils lately that i've decided to try and because the essential oils are in a lot of foods that we eat mm. In fact, 70% of the industry is actually um, sold to the food industry, not the beauty and health industry. So it's actually a bigger industry than health and beauty So and medicine. So we've been consuming essential oils for a long time and they're in different flavourings and whatnot. The, the interesting – so I've decided lately that I will show people how to use them safely mm. in food as a flavouring mm. – because there's so many chemicals and natural flavours and so many um, processes that go on in the flavourings. And so my rule is one drop per person in a meal. So a meal for four people and and no more than four drops in a recipe. And the other rule is, so if you're making a smoothie, one drop of peppermint into a smoothie of of 250 to 300 mils in total is completely, I think, safe. I've, I've questioned it. I've asked people in my field that if it's safe. And it's a food... Um, so I wouldn't be putting um, necessarily, would I be putting um, cedar wood 
into my smoothie. Yeah, because um, we don't eat seafood. No. So it's a food that I'd eat, so peppermint or orange or lemon or whatever. And so it's one drop and four maximum. And the other rule is it has to be with a fat. So it has to be able to have been absorbed and emulsified into a fat, be it butter or milk or oil or whatever. So you can't just use an oil in a glass of water or you don't just put a drop on your tongue. And all of yeah, that. because it stays as a drop, yes. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, to, so to me it was like, so anyway, I put that on Facebook and I've got two um, flavouring packs that I sell and so you could say, oh, you've got an agenda. Well, yes, I've got single oils. These are the six single oils that I would recommend. So I don't it might be remiss of you not to. Oh, exactly. And yeah. also I'm not worried if it's 28 oils. It can be any essential oil, preferably organic. So my thing is, is that because I've seen so many people on social media putting drops of oils under their tongues, putting drops of oils directly on children, putting drops of oils into food, like shaking it like it's a pepper shaker, I thought I would start to make a stand on what I think is recognised as safe. Well, I've had these people come at me and go, I cannot believe you of all people are talking about the ingestion of essential oils. Well, I'm not talking the ingestion of essential oils. I'm talking the safe boundaries of what I believe to eat now you can challenge me on it and I told it because for years I've said to everybody don't do it as a therapist when I was consulting I would use them encapsulated in an oil and I would use them for a certain condition only for a very short amount of time and it was under the guise of myself and usually another medical herbalist or a aromatherapist or whoever I was working with so I just find it fascinating that we've all got something to say we've all got to say and so I said to them show me the research Show me the research that says one drop is going to hurt you or harm you or whatever. They couldn't. There was no links. There's nothing. And that's okay. But don't not, but like you just said before, I don't want to stand there and judge if I don't know. Or if someone knows something better, then tell me. So I'd say the same thing. Give Mm. me the research. Now, watching people put drops and drops, like I've seen even people we know very well put 20 drops of an oil into a cake. And I go, be very aware. The other thing is when you put them into something that's been heated, they evaporate. They're like an alcohol. Mm. They also evaporate quite quickly. Yeah, but they're volatile. I remember you saying that they're to volatile. Yeah. And I also love the fact that I would have a drop of peppermint that's come from a pure organic plant. It's in a fat, and I know that my body knows what that is. Mm. Uh, but you could also say, just put a bunch of peppermint leaves in, which I completely agree with as well. Mm. So I'm talking about flavour enhancing, if that's what you want. Mm. So I want to ask you, I know, did, did we finish on all the bad things? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. Was yeah. there essential oil people and natural skincare people? Yeah, yeah. There? Yeah. yeah there were, and there were some beautiful essential oil people there. And it was so funny. Um, I stopped at one essential oil guy. Can you all know this? <laughs> and um, um, actually, before I say this, in the fish oil industry, they're using essential oils to um, dull the taste of the fish oil. Yes. That's a flavour. And I would rather do that than have natural flavouring. Yes. So I just wanted to say that. But anyway, I stopped at this. He was, in, he was from India, and so I was talking to him, and I said, oh, you've got essential oils, and they're organic. Oh, my girlfriend will love you. <laughs> and I was chatting away to him, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, he's Indian. I said, do you like cricket? <laughs> and he says, I do. I love cricket. And I said, do you know Danny Morrison? He says, Danny Morrison? I know Danny. Oh, yes, I love Danny Morrison. And I went, well, my girlfriend is Kim Morrison, Danny Morrison's wife. <laughs> He said, oh 20% God. off. <laughs> 20% off. He said, 20% off. She can have 20% off. And then when I said, well, Danny might come and visit you, he said, 30%. Oh, I could bargain my husband. I will. <laughs> so, yeah, there were essential oils there. There was, you know, the natural skin cares and things like that. But, Kimmy, I looked at them 
Um, and I, I didn't see, you know, the quality mm. that I know that I can get with you. And there were some, don't mm. get me wrong, there were some. And, and like I said, they were like dotted around. And I, I remember on the last day, so Howard and I had been going five days nonstop. It was, you know, do three rows, gather up, what are we going to do? Let's go visit this guy, do three rows. So anyway, on the last day, Howard's had enough, about midday. And he says, I think I'll go, you know, back to our hotel room. And I said, okay, I'll meet you back there. I'm still going. And then I get this message from him at 2 p.m. And he said, I need you to come to me now. I have found, because he'd been looking for Rapidura sugar. We wanted to um, find a, so we get our Rapidura sugar here in Australia. We buy it here in Australia, but it's imported from another country because Australia just isn't doing Rapidura sugar. So we buy from there and we were trying to find a source, a farmer. He says, he says, I haven't found the sugar. I cannot find a, a, a single sugar merchant. But in his mind, he's going, they've got to be out there. So he's decided to go back to where we had started from and go all through it again. And he, he finds somebody. So he says, please come. You've got to see. I found the Rapidura sugar. So we get there and there's this beautiful man and his wife and a Colombian girl. And Howard explains to me first before we get there, their ethics. So they deal with the farms direct. Um, they have the farmer on their label as to who is delivering that food to them. And we talked to them and we love their ethics and it was organic and the Colombian girl was the girl that went out there. Anyway, this was an American guy and he said to me, don't go through me. Don't, you know, like I'm just a middleman. Just go straight to this Colombian girl and she's with the farmers. She collects the farmers. So, how beautiful. How beautiful is that? Who does that? Do you know? Who is never the middleman? Do you know, do you know that, that you just, just before you finish that, there's that beautiful book, Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon. Yes. He writes in there, and that was written in, I think, the early 1900s. He writes in there, um, there is no need to have a, cre- a, a competitive mindset. There's enough for everybody. Have a creative, collaborative mindset. And that is collaboration and creativity mm. at its best. I love hearing that. Yeah. We've spent some, a lot of time with him and we... There's we, enough we, for everybody, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. And we really chatted about, and we chatted about, you know, the whole expo. Mm. And it, they felt the same. They, they felt that um, either people didn't know especially you small-time operators, that they were just doing the best that they could with the knowledge that they had and they didn't know. And then the big-time operators know, I'm sure of that, but they're just getting in on the market. And these were people that I would never buy from, but now they're getting on the market, so they're Epic Bars and, like I said, you know, they're a, they're a big company and there are a lot of big companies there. But to find those, you know, the, the essential oil guy from India and to find our Rapidura Sugar and then we wanted to... Um, catch up with our suppliers that we are direct to the farmers. So they were there and we had a lovely time with them. And, you know, their ethics are so strong. And you, every one of their foods that they have, there's not one that you wouldn't say, why are you doing that? You know, they were all brilliant. So we caught up with our suppliers. We found new suppliers. We, um, yeah, we were, it ended up where we were happy with what we, we did and there were some great people there. But yeah. Okay, so then from a point of view, I think it's an amazing for us and our listeners to get an insight into what it takes for you to find the right suppliers, the foods. 
plus doing the research along the way. That's from a manufacturing and supply point of view. So with what you've learned, what are some tips we can give our listener mm. when they're supermarket shopping, if they still have to go there, or if there's farm, like what are some of the things that we could look for then when yeah. we turn over and look at the ingredients? How do we convert this into the consumer? I think if you see all the ingredients that would be in your pantry, I think that's a really good start. So if you see natural flavouring and you think, is that in my pantry? Mm. Do I, can I buy natural flavouring? No, you can't. As far as I know, you can't. It's, you know, only the big boys can buy it. I, well, not just the big boys, but food manufacturers can buy it. But I never found, look, it might be in the supermarket, but would you buy it? Mm. You know, I would buy an essential oil, like I, and I do. I use your essential oils, and I, I will use lemongrass on occasion if I don't have fresh lemongrass. Yes. Or if I want to make chocolate, I might use your, yeah, don't kill me, rose. Oh, rose oil and chocolate. Is, uh, have you seen them? Oh, my Lord. That's very good. Like water rose. for chocolate. Yes, yes, Oh, yes. my Lord. Um, but but that we can eat rose. Yes, we can. So I figured like we can eat lavender yeah. and we can eat certain things. I agree with you. So your rule of thumb, if we eat it, you know, then I don't see a problem with it. So I might put chilli lime in there. Yep. So I'll have lime in my chilies. Or I might put orange in my chili. And remember, you can put the real lime and the yeah. real chili yeah. and you can put real rose petals if it's the edible ones in yeah. there. But if you want to enhance the flavour or bring out the chili or bring out the lime that you've put in there, that's where one drop will actually enhance it. I agree. And it's and I look for an essential oil. So if I see um, natural flavouring rose, mm-hmm. I know that no. it's not. But if I see rose essential oil yes. or lemon essential oil, or I, then I'm happy with yeah. that. And I will and go. You must, and I'll say that if you want to know if it's an essential oil, you must see the word lemon essential, essential oil. oil. Yeah. Even Instead if it's lemonine. And lemonine, or even if it said lemon oil, yeah. I would question it because it could be an extract. Oh. So I like to see the word essential oil. Okay. Mm. And then there's also um, another one that I've been seeing in the oils. Um, what is, uh, it's gone out of my head. If it comes back, I'll, I'll get it. But I think that's what I do. So there's there's um, an, an organisation in America, uh, a food company in America, that their, uh, I guess their logo is um, seeing the ingredients, um, knowing what the ingredients are saying or something like that. I can't remember their exact logo. So I went, oh, that's exciting. So I flip over the ingredients and no. Oh my god! I know, no, no. It's just it was like I just thought, don't fool the consumer. No, that's not fair. You know, it's not fair. So ingredients that you would see. Look, I've gotten to the point where I don't eat many packaged foods. No, like there's a couple of chocolate makers here in Australia. I love them. Yeah, and I, I know, I know Should we give them. them a plug? Pardon? Can we give them? A well, plug? I love Loving Earth. Yeah, and I love Panna. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that they're doing really well and there's a couple of others out there. But sometimes I'll, I'll see chocolates and I'll flip one over and I'll go, oh, that's good, and, I'll, and then I'll look at another one and then they'll have a flavour in there. Mm. And I don't want to support them, whereas I've never seen flavour in Panna or in Loving Earth and they're both Australian. And there are some other ones that are from overseas as well that I've seen that I really like. Um, so I will use those. I can't remember the names of them, but I know their packaging. I go, ooh, there's that chocolate there. I'll have that. Um, tell me what sodium. There's some curries that I would I, I like. Yeah. Tell me, curries. tell me with sodium benzoate. Yes, it's a preservative. Yes. What? How does that differ to a paraben? Do you know? 
No, I don't actually. I only know because I thought it was part of the same a same family. It's very similar. Yeah, they say it's not as harmful. And again, I don't know. I have to check my stuff, but because we saw parabens everywhere, mm-hmm. methyl, polyethyl, we saw all these different parabens. Then there was a big stink up in in the world of, of what parabens are doing, being hormone um, disrupting. Maybe even linked to, or not maybe, they also are considered an obesogen. So then it was like I started seeing sodium benzoate. So I, I'm wondering if it is. It's the salt. So whenever you see yeah. sodium, like yeah. I, I see this sodium in front of everything. So sodium keto, yeah. like sodium BHB um, or calcium BHB or potassium BHB. So you know the salt that it's attached to. So BHB, um, which is, remember, the ketone, um, it could be attached to, it could be a ester, mm-hmm. so it'll be attached to a, a, another molecule. It could be a salt, and there's a third, or an alcohol I think it can be attached to, so an OH. So we find that there, and that's how you understand it. So sodium benzoate is salt. Yes. So if you are somebody that understands that, you know, maybe, I don't want to go down that track, I was actually going to go on on blood pressure, but that theory is... Um, always been debunked. Although there is a um, there's a J shaped curve, right. so too little and too much is a problem with cardiovascular um, disease. But there's a mediocre yes. that you can do, and it's probably one to two teaspoons a day, yes. which is a fair hike of yes. salt. I don't think you need much more than that. So um, especially when you're in hot, hot regions. So I don't know um, any anything else as far as the paraben because. We don't talk about parabens in the food industry. Maybe we'll look that up and Mm. and let people know that. Um, Because sodium benzoates are in skincare. Like you see that everywhere. Oh, it's a preservative. Yeah. Yeah, it's a preservative. By the way, um, and I must tell you this, I ran into Cheryl Salmon, the beautiful Cheryl Salmon, at a a really good booth. Um, I was at this booth and I was, how and I got so many good ideas at this booth. Um, and it's colloidal minerals, and I've never seen these colloidal minerals in America before. And it was the same as ours. Ours are produced in Australia, which I'm very happy to do, to see. So I was talking to the guy and and going, oh, my gosh, it's the same as ours. You know, I was really excited. And he had such a passion for it, and he was talking about the humic acids and the fumic acids, which are all part of healing the gut. So I got more excited about my colloidal minerals. I'm already excited about it. Anyway, I was there, Cheryl Sullivan shows up with a camera crew and I gave her a hug and she said, Cindy, I want you to go to this product over here. So it was a cosmetic and it was preserved with silver, like colloidal silver. silver. Well, that is an amazing preservative. And they've just created, I was talking to the guy and he was so scientific. I'm like going, I don't need the science, just just tell me what it does. And, and he finally got to that and he says, we can use it as a, a, an alternative to a preservative in cosmetics. <gasps> I have to give you his name. I knew I had to give you his name. So that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he now they're now using his product on burn burn victims. Wow. Yeah. Um, um, and it's amazing. And you should always have his product in first aid as well. Yeah. So yeah, I meant to give you that. Yes. That yeah. sounds good. Mm. So Cheryl, you know, I knew Cheryl would put me in the right direction. Mm. She's so far ahead of her time. She's oh, just God. written another book on oh um, CBD oil. CBD. Um, her, um, hemp. Oh, hemp. Oh, 
Hmm. Oh, yeah, is she? Yep, she's just written a book and I'm going to get it and read it because she, to me, is always ahead of her time. So my mother-in-law just asked me about this because I don't know if it's legalised everywhere yet, the hemp oil or the cannabis oil, should I say. Yeah, the cannabis oil, um, sorry. And there's research that's been shown that helps with epilepsy and cancer and all these things. Mm. Why are we Why are we fighting using this? Because you can't patent a natural product? Probably. Mm. It, like, so we have um, cannabinoid receptors in mm. our brain. Um, Karen Smith talked about this at the right. base camp. That's it. And a reference. Yeah, and then we did a, we actually did a whole thing on it. With whole, the gut um, health yeah, podcast. That we we talked about that two weeks ago. To that Go and listen to that one. So we know that this does it. And what we're learning is that in its natural state, it can really enhance the nervous system and, and help many body um, or physical and mental body ailments. So, yeah, it's the... It's becoming a big thing, like in America um, at that natural product tech, there was a lot of CBD. I actually I actually got given a sample of CBD oil, <laughs> put it in my cosmetics, I got to declare it. Oh, so oh, I think you can bring it into the country for your own use. You just can't buy it here in Australia. Okay. Yeah, you can't buy it in Australia. Next minute. Next minute, I'm in jail. <laughs> Darling, um, look, was there anything else that you wanted to share with our beautiful people about what you found or discovered or are you excited about what this is going to all do for changing habits and for you? And Do you know, I got home um, and how and I flew in at 5 a.m. We are at work at 10 mm-hmm. and because I have so much to do before I go on my real food tour. But what was, uh, we had stand-up. So stand-up is where we all stand around. And we stand up and we do a whiffle. So a whiffle is what I feel like expressing. And so we all did a whiffle and I got to me and I did my whiffle and I said, I am so excited. I I actually thought that um, all my work here was done. I didn't, there was nothing more for me to do. You know, everybody's talking about this. Everybody knows what's a real food. Everybody knows this stuff now. And I, I got home and I went, I actually realised my work is not done. There's a very, very small percentage of the population that that understand what real food actually means mm. and how to choose the right cosmetic or the right personal um, skincare products or the right food. So I actually realised that I've got a lot of work to do. And, and I have to say to you that every one of our listeners that are on this path, and I know we found this with both students and all of our classes, and I know that... Karen feels the same, that in our bubble we all feel like Mm. there's no room for anyone else because everyone's doing it or someone knows it. It's not until you go to a local shopping centre or you're in at the airport or or Disneyland or you're at a theme park. On Sunday we went to Disneyland. And um, I want to talk about that off air. But but I just want people to appreciate we're on a journey and we're on a mission and every one of our listeners that take the time to listen to this podcast are also part of that small minority. Don't give up. You've heard from Cindy, don't judge. Um, If someone asks, I think it's a really great thing to share the information or what you know and say it with such a thing of, well, this is what I've heard Mm -hmm. and this is what I've learned. But you check it out for yourself because it's important you do your research. Don't even believe me. That actually makes me feel a lot better when I say to people what I've learned rather than, did you not know this? Air whore. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Face <laughs> 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 Sweat. Sweat. 
it's much kinder, isn't it? So, so I just want to say that I think we feel, and Karen and I were talking about it the other day, we're just so lucky to have someone like you in our sphere, and I think all our listeners feel the same, that it's really cool to have someone like you out there doing that. And I feel very safe to know that if any of us have a question, then we've got not just you, but what you filter down to your team and your beautiful functional nutritional students actually get this information. So you might not be able to access Cindy, but how many students have you had graduate now? Can I just ask? I, as far as graduation goes, I think there's a couple of hundred. Yeah. Um, and we have, um, at, before the last um, entrance of people, we had 360 students. So we have a huge graduation um, turnover. Like some people get no graduates when they do um, internet type courses. But yeah, we've had a, we've got another eighty. So what have we got now? We have four hundred and yes, thirty students. Yeah, but it's basically now oh, forty, whatever that is. Yeah, four four hundred forty students now. So that's four hundred forty people, uh, mainly in Australia, some in New Zealand and around the world, England, um, America, that are graduates yes. and know what to do. Yes. And what about you? You must have some graduates out there. We've got one hundred and fifty-two. Students and graduates now. We've got 26 in this last intake. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm really... And what I've learned from that is that we're now developing a masterclass so that people can learn the science around the oils more because there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of information that's shared with passion Mm. but may not necessarily be correct because, as I said to a lady yesterday, you've got to remember, essential oils are actually a medicine. They're actually a therapeutic product. They are highly volatile they are highly dynamic they are highly concentrated so i just i really want i really want to teach the reverence of that and to appreciate that they are of part to my in my mind of way of thinking that they are part of the herbal medicine world so well just i know we're out of time and we could talk forever but it was really interesting i was reading something yesterday that with bergamot actually enhances um the process of autophagy which is a process in the body that is the renewable new, renewing of cells. So they break the cells down and then they'll use what they can and it's actually a using thing. So we, th- this is in, in the, the literature, mm-hmm. bergamot. So I put bergamot on this morning. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, have a cup of Earl Grey tea because yeah. bergamot oh, is in, yeah. in, in Earl Grey, Grey tea. tea. So there's always ways that you can get, and bergamot is an oil that we add to our blends to enhance the blend. So it's a beautiful oil. It's an amazing oil. Um, so just can we just finish up with, um, I, I really want our listeners to know your real food tour. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm doing probably 40 talks in regional areas of Australia, starting in Adelaide, um, or probably will have all, by the time this goes to air, I would have already started. So doing Adelaide. But they can go on changinghabits.com.au, press events, and under events, it shows the real food to a press on that and then look at and see if I'm in your region. And I'd love to see you there. I'm looking forward to it. You know, last year I spent a lot of time in America and I really, I haven't done a country tour probably since the year 2000. Yeah. Maybe. So I've always done city more than country. So this is, yeah, 40. I'll do 40 in total. I'm not going to West Australia or Tasmania, but I will make it there. I'll probably do a one day, um, one day in Perth. Um, and Tasmania I'll probably do in November when we go hiking, you and me. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of hiking, <laughs> if anybody is interested in any of our hikes, make sure you go to awakenthechangewithin.com because that's where the information is about our hikes. And if not, when you message us on Facebook, 
um, through our for a chat page, you will get an automated response of where to send an email to find out more information on that. Um, I also just want to let people know if you want to have a beautiful, luxurious weekend, indulgent weekend for a very, very reasonable price. Um, it's normally $2.99, but if you're in a, if you get in there, you will get it for $1.99 to have two days and one evening with me in July here on the Sunshine Coast at my Essential Self Care Weekend. And we're also doing it in country Victoria in October um, as well. So go to 28.com um, under events and you will see where we're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to Karen the other day, our beautiful Kaz. If you want to message her, she lost her beautiful puppy um, just recently. So she's just been a little bit down and she's speaking at the moment, but she's decided she's not going to do a lot of events this year. She's taking some time. So, um, I'm sure we'll convince her to do something with us. won't be able to do that. I think she's just taking a little bit of a sabbatical. Um, but yeah, exactly. Anyway, you beautiful souls. Um, this wasn't about doing a big selfie to any of you, but we know we get emails and questions all the time. Where are you? So we just want you to know that you can go to our websites. If you want to get up close and personal, there are a couple of things that we are doing. Um, Cindy, I just want to say thank you for being our trailblazer. I love learning everything. I loved your photos of you and that beautiful Indian essential oil man playing cricket over there <laughs> at the Natural Product Expo. Um, really excited about what's coming out with you. Um, I always feel with yourself that, yes, there's a product that you offer, but it's the information and education mm. is what really lights your fire, and I love that, and it's nice to know we've got someone we can trust. And right back at you. Yeah, thank you. I agree. I feel very passionate about what we give and what we do. So beautiful listeners, if you've enjoyed today's podcast or you've got any questions, make sure you go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. You can go to the wellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat as well. And and of course, don't forget um, that you can post any comments and feedbacks on the up for a chat page. So we look forward to hearing and talking with you next week. Um, until that time, please go out there, shine your light, share the love, maybe not judge. Um, let's just say when someone says something that doesn't agree with us, I've got two words. It's really good. It helps diffuse everything. It's, oh, that's interesting. So therefore, you don't have to buy into the drama of people's thoughts and opinions. Try that one on. All right, team, until next time, go out there, inspire one another, and continue to awaken the change within. Take care. Lots of love us this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.